there's a lot of things that goes into success and certainly maybe they have done everything right from a savings and an investment standpoint but there's a lot of times that that view of success maybe by the car that they drive the house or neighborhood that they live in might just not be as great as you think welcome to the all things retirement podcast with certified financial planner anthony alpha here's your host ben george well, I know you're probably looking for advice right now. It's been a very kind of turbulent time for our country and for our finances. And you know, that's probably one reason why you're tuned into the podcast today. And so we're going to talk about where to get some of this advice from, because you, know, you might have the best intentions when you go out looking, but some things you need to be careful for when you talk to certain people. And we're going to kind of give you a little heads up and, and some reasons why you need to be careful in some of these situations. And we'll do that as always with Anthony Alfo. He is a certified financial planner. He is the founder as well of Cardinal Wealth Group. They serve South Jersey, Philly, some of those surrounding areas, and their office is located in Cherry Hill. You can find them online, cardinalwg.com. Anthony, I, I, you know, this whole quarantine thing, I've been thinking about it and like, you know, what am I going to do when this is all over with? I got a few ideas, but what's the one thing like you really miss not being able to go out and do right now? Well, I'd like to golf. So that is something that we can't do here. I know other states like Florida, for example, they're able to golf. I just saw Tiger Woods on television. They had a 2019 Masters replay this past Sunday at Easter and they did an interview with them. And so they're still playing down there. So that'd probably be one thing at the top of the list that I I would like to do. I didn't really get to do it last year either because we welcomed Rosie into the world. So golf took a back seat. So now we're kind of heading on, you know, summer number two here. So getting a little <laughs> antsy on that one. Yeah. It's funny because, well, first of all, this is the best time of year to be playing. The weather's starting yep. to change. It's beautiful. You know, we had our daughter last September. We're recording this in April. So, it's, you know, it's been a little over six months going on seven months. I'd, I'd only played one time, uh, one golf one time since she was born. But I played three times in the past week, <laughs> so wow. I've taken advantage. We we have some social distancing guidelines, but uh, we're still able to get out there and play. And you know, honestly, if you're not sitting next to somebody and, and hanging out in the clubhouse, it's a great place to kind of get some space, stay open, and and uh, get some fresh air and get out of the house. Yeah, unfortunately, they're just shut down here in New Jersey, so we're not allowed to play at all. Ah, well, hopefully soon enough because uh, the weather. Starting to take a turn for the better, and uh, springtime is such an awesome time of the year. It definitely is. So We'll get there. All right, so let's talk about a couple things today. we got some mailbag questions coming up, so make sure you stay tuned to the end to, to hear a few mailbag questions. If you ever have one that you want to get on the show, you can also contact us online at cardinalwg.com, and we'll bring it here on the show. But I want to talk about uh, getting advice, because I know a lot of people are looking for advice right now. And, uh, you know, during this coronavirus pandemic, you know, you're trying to discuss ideas and, and seek some financial advice as you've seen, maybe your portfolio drop some and you realize you need a plan and hopefully you're reaching out to an advisor. But in the meantime, when you're stuck at home, you might be reaching out to some other sources for information. So we're going to talk about, you know, really the reasons why you got to be careful in some of these different positions. We got four different examples of who you might be seeking advice from. So, Let's start off with the most obvious and probably the closest, you know, our family. Very often, and especially right now when we're, we're stuck with our immediate family, well, maybe stuck's the wrong word, that might have sounded bad, but <laughs> as we're quarantined with our immediate family, we might just be asking our parents or our brothers, sisters, whoever it is, for some financial feedback. But 
you got to be careful. That's not always the best move. Yeah, I, I actually at our college workshops that we teach, uh, we do spend some time on this topic. And what I always say is that you got to be able to fire the person that's working for you. And if you're talking about a family member, that's going to be pretty difficult if you got to look across from them at Thanksgiving. So, you know, you got to be able to fire them. And so I think, you know, a lot of people each year, there's usually one at the end of the class because it's one of the last topics that we talk about a lot of times will come up and say, you know, I laugh when you said that, but it's so true. You know, my brother or my sister's an advisor and, you know, we can't fire them no matter what. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that, you know, that is a super important thing because it's just, and it's such a personal thing, money, that if you're not going to be able to express something that you're not happy about or f- take the final move of, you know, completely removing them, you know, it's going to really put it in a, a difficult situation. But on top of that, I think that, you know, looking at family members, whether it's because of their, say, success, is a perception. I, I think it's one of the most misleading characteristics. I think that there's a lot of things that goes into success. And certainly, they, maybe they have done everything right from a savings and an investment standpoint. But there's a lot of times that that view of success, maybe by the car that they drive, the house or neighborhood that they live in, might just not be as great as you think. Also, just because they're doing well, don't exactly know what's going on in your own household and you know what's best for you from a financial planning standpoint. Because you know, one, I think one suggestion or insight into what they should be doing, that's great. But then what happens as this thing called planning, it's not just a one time and you're done type of thing. It's kind of a continuous process. Are you going to go back to these people from an ongoing standpoint? Probably not. Right. And so, I mean, I have 20 plus years talking about golf of getting lessons and have and hold a pretty low golf handicap compared to others. But I would not presume that I'm a qualified candidate to recommend, you know, what somebody should be doing with their with their golf swing. And (laughs) I'm not going to spend the time with my friends on a regular basis as I give them one tip to continuously kind of coach them because that doesn't, that's not what I do. And it doesn't sound like fun. So I think it's kind of a similar metaphor when it comes to getting advice from your family members. Maybe though, if they have an advisor that they're happy with, that might be a good place to start with and saying, you know, I have all these financial questions. Who do you use? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting a recommendation would be a good play. Good reason to turn to a family member, but you know, investment advice, maybe not. And you kind of touched on this a little bit, but the second uh, person on the list are is a friend, right? I mean, outside of family, the next person and maybe even the first person we reach to is our friends because, you know, we trust them. We we think highly of them in most most cases. And, you know, you, you want to reach out and get some feedback or some thoughts on something. And plus, you might have a friend that drives a really nice car and you think, oh, he must be doing something right in terms of planning. But Look, as you said kind of briefly there and your first answer is you can't always just judge the book by its cover. You don't know exactly what's going on behind the curtains. That's right. And I think that, you know, when I talk to a lot of my friends, I'm not a gambler, but I have a lot of friends that are we, you know, we're not too far from Atlantic City and obviously now with 
casinos are popping up everywhere due to the uh, online sports betting. So a lot of the conversations today with are with friends that are you know betting on different games. But there's this um, thing called selective recall where people you know only remember the wins when they're gambling and are a lot less likely to recall the, the losses since you know winning is reinforced and it's a more re- desired result. So you might have friends that have done some good things from picking a stock that's done super well or bought something of a product or whatever it might be that's really worked out well right now. But this is just such a complex field of not just investments from a planning standpoint, but you know, taxes and I mean you name it. And you know, most friends again, if they're not doing this on a regular basis, are going to maybe only talk about the good things that they've done. And and maybe it's just was timing and luck. So a lot of people talk about that, like when 2008 happened and they didn't really talk about all the losses they took. They talk about buying, you know, Ford Motor Company on the way, you know, after it basically was down to $2 a share, but they didn't talk about what happened before that. So I think it's just things like that, that really reiterate why it makes sense to have somebody that you can hold accountable for. Not saying it always has to necessarily be a financial advisor per se, but you know, like an accountant or attorney or something like that. But again, I just think that this is just so complex. There's so many areas that are kind of tangled into one. It, it, you should probably look to somebody who has the know-how of all these different topics when they're really combined. Yeah, that's definitely good good advice. And you know, from there, family and friends are obviously the two closest to you. But two other areas that you're going to look for advice, uh, at least people do frequently. The first that you know are CPAs. You, you might you might lean on them for investment advice because they're good with numbers, right? I mean they they deal with with your money, but that's not their specialty. Yeah. So you know, on top of that, a lot of CPAs don't even really do tax advising. They file taxes for their clients appropriately but are not really into tax consulting. And I think that this term financial advisor gets tossed around a lot when we're talking about CPAs or attorneys. And that's not to say that a CPA can't do this stuff, isn't smart enough, knowledgeable, but also, you know, is a CPA going to carry the software that is needed to make those types of questions? Generally not. And are they going to have the product knowledge, generally speaking, of all the ins and outs of these different products that are available? Yeah, usually that's not going to be the case. And so, and, you know, good luck trying to get a financial review during, you know, between January and April and like October when they have these searches in their business. So I think that, you know, for some people, it, does work with their CPA because they're also a financial advisor licensed. But I don't know if being a you know jack of all trades and a master of none is what you you know generally would want. And so having maybe two or three advisors, one that handles taxes and one that maybe handles planning and maybe investments or something like that might be a better thing as opposed to just saying my CPA or my bank representative or 401k service provider is handling it all. It's just it's just really too complex. There's just too many moving parts. And most financial advisors, you know, have specific areas that they focus on and, you know, are generally going to have the proper mix of knowledge to be able to advise on all those different topics. And they're in the business to service you for these needs, where I think a CPA is going to be a little bit more focused on what they do on a daily basis. And that's either filing taxes or doing tax consulting work. 
Well, the last one is uh, the media, right? Financial experts you might watch in the media, whether it's TV, you read them online, whatever it is. You know, they fall in that category of having good intentions. But these experts, whether or not their their information is right or wrong, usually, you know, it's correct and accurate. But it's not always going to fit your situation, where you are, what you need to do in terms of your planning process. So you always have to consider the source. Yeah. I mean, again, I just to reiterate, I mean, you have some very complex topics when you're talking about the field of financial planning from investment to tax planning or tax law to, you know, state planning law, social security, healthcare, then there's product knowledge and there's different technologies and softwares and there's the client servicing aspect and being proactive and trying to be a teacher or a counselor to your clients and listening and empathizing and you know holding them accountable and they're holding you accountable. And I just think that the topics or the three or four uh, ones that you just brought up are going to you know really be hard for you to do all that. I mean, at least that's what I would want something from an advisor if, if I was kind of talking to my own mom out there. And I think the financial experts in the media are really no different a lot of times because number one, you know, they're there selling something and they're getting rewarded for it. And that's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes I think it ends up being misleading. And so I think overall, there's maybe a good message that's coming maybe from a Susie Orman or Tony Robbins overall, but it's a, you know, this, these topics are constantly changing and what you need versus somebody else could be totally different. And you're not going to really be able to model that in a book or a, a one-time podcast or webinar that they might be doing. It's hard to get that type of information without really doing it with somebody that you're working with hand in hand. I mean, getting it delivered through a podcast or webinar or a book, it's just much more complex than that. And, and somebody like Susie and Tony Robbins, again, are not financial advisors. They say right in their book that you know they're not a financial advisor and you should talk with a financial advisor. So I know that's kind of tooting my own horn here, but it is what we do for a living. And I think a lot of times that it's not a bad place to get started, but I think if you're going to want to take it from the classroom or you know general knowledge to make it more specific to you, you really want to get in touch with somebody who's a good fit for you. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think you know it's okay to ask these people or, or use these people for advice, but I'd say before you make any decisions on or act on anything, you should seek out the help of a professional, someone that does it every single day and studies this stuff because these people don't have bad intentions necessarily, but their advice may not be the best suited for you and in your needs. So someone like Anthony is is the route to take when you really want to tighten up your financial plan and, and make it uh, put you in a good position for retirement down the road. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Let's wrap things up uh, with some mailbag questions, Anthony. And you can always send in these to cardinalwg.com. You can also call the office. Uh, you're still answering those phones even during quarantine, right, Anthony? Yep. Yep. Yes, we are. 609-605-2808. We got a few to get to today. So let's start off with Joel. He writes in, I'm tired of having five rental properties, so I'm going to sell at least three and maybe all five. I'll miss the income, but I won't miss the headache. I have quite a bit of equity in these properties. So the question is, how should I invest this money after I sell? Well, I'm assuming that you're going to need the income. So 
I'm going to suspect that you're going to want to you know, figure out something that's going to replace the income that you might have been getting from those five rental properties. So I'd probably want to get a, a plan to understand first you know, how much money you need coming in, basically how much income you've been deriving from those rental properties. And then really, I think, think through what's going to be the best fit for Joel in this situation. But I'm going to put the real estate person in a classification of their own because I see them come in a lot of times and a lot of times they're not as comfortable with the market because it's something that they can't really see or feel and they don't totally understand and it's foreign to them. So I think spending the time and understanding you know, what they want or what you want with your money and what you want it to do for you and reviewing the available options is going to be you know, time well spent. And so that's at least what I can tell you from when I've worked with plenty of other people in the real estate game. Thank you for that question, Joel. Our next one comes in from Rick. I retired two years ago with more than a million dollars in my IRA, which I thought at the time would be more than enough to give me the retirement lifestyle that I want. And I'll probably be fine, but it makes me nervous every time I withdraw money from the account because I don't want to live too long and run out of money. And the recent downturn only makes it worse. Am I worrying too much? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's very common for a lot of people to have feelings this way. I mean, you even if you absolutely know you're never going to run out, I had a phone conversation today with a client that was exactly that, right? He had different concerns about, you know, how is this thing going to turn around? What if we go into depression? And basically creating all these scenarios essentially in his head when we've spent, you know, the last few weeks going through their plan and looking at the study and saying, you have, you know, in their case, enough guaranteed income to meet all their expenses. And so I know that these accounts are, you know, the non-guaranteed accounts are being affected, but it, it doesn't matter much for their, for their living standards. And I think that maybe Rick might be kind of feeling something similar or, or not. I mean, you really don't know until you start really looking underneath the hood and understand what you need coming in from that. And so I know a lot of people are always thinking about, you know, if I have a nest egg, that's a million dollars and I get a 5% rate of return, I'm, I'll be fine. But there might be something else that Rick is you know, truly concerned about. So understanding exactly why he feels this way is a, is a good starting point. And just understanding maybe from a quick planning standpoint, you know, what you need that million dollars to be doing for you. And then you could really better advise as to, you know, do those internal feelings actually, you know, is there something there or is it just kind of some self-talk because a lot of people are dealing with that right now due to a lot of that negative news out there. Yeah. And ultimately, Rick, I mean, why not know for sure rather than be guessing and, and worrying every time you pull money out? Nobody wants to live like that in retirement. So make sure you sit down and identify exactly what your needs are and make sure you have enough because you might be in better shape than you think you are. Maybe you're in worse, but either way, you can know for certain and do something about it and make adjustments so you're not worrying every time you pull out money. Uh, our last question comes in from Oscar. My financial advisor is older than me. So should I move on to someone else who won't retire before I do? You know, that's that's funny. It's I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny from the standpoint of myself. I'm 37 and it used to be the other way around for me when I first started in the business. I was like you know, 23 years old and someone told me that they had underwear older than me when I started to talk to them. And not that it you know really happened that often where age was an issue in the business because after you start talking to them and they understand that you know more than them and understand what 
they're saying that never really happened too much, but I'll never forget the time that I, in my first month or two, I called somebody and they basically said that they had underwear that's older than me in their drawer. So, um, <laughs> but I think that it's a, a reasonable question that Oscar is asking because that's kind of more of the prevalent thing that I see than what I told you about the story that happened 15 years ago is that a lot of people are wondering, is my advisor going to be advising me when I'm retired? Because my advisor is the same age as me. So I'm assuming that they're going to want to also retire as well at some point. So sometimes there's a transition plan already in place or being worked through. And that's a reasonable question to ask the advisor first and saying, hey, you know, advisor, um, what's your retirement plan? We're about the same age. And are you going to be doing this when you're 85? Probably not. So who will I be talking to? And maybe there's a plan there and maybe there isn't. And you might also want to start to have that person be in those meetings so you can get a feel for them and understand, you know, are they somebody that you might want to see yourself working with? Maybe you don't like their social style or the way that they come off, or maybe they're a perfect fit. And the only way you know that is, you know, by asking that question. And if it's not really a fit or if there's really no plan there, maybe it's not a terrible idea to start interviewing some other people. But this is a, a very common thing going on right now because the average advisor out there is about 55 years old. So it's reasonable to wonder that. You know, I like the idea of uh, talking to your advisor about their succession plan and, and what they have in place when they do transition out. And so you can be comfortable with that because you do want to make sure that uh, you, you don't get stuck in a position where you don't have anybody to work with or you're not happy with who you're working with. So, you know, get ahead of that. And it sounds like you're doing that right now, Oscar. So props to you. Well, uh, if you ever have a question for us here on all things retirement, you can send it in at cardinalwg.com. If you just want to talk to Anthony and his team at Cardinal Wealth Group directly, you can do so at 609-605-2808. We all have a lot of questions right now with everything that's going on. And uh, the best thing to do is talk with an advisor Take your 15 minutes, sit down and, and get to know somebody. Let them, let them see your situation. Let Anthony find out who you are, what your plan is, and kind of what your status is, and you can go from there. Because uh, I know we all, all are looking for a little bit of guidance and assistance during this time. So good conversation today, Anthony. I appreciate your time. I look forward to speaking to you again on our next episode. Thanks so much, Ben. I'm certainly jealous of you that you're still <laughs> able to get out, out there and golf. So hopefully next time we speak, I'll also be able to tell you a golf story as well. Yeah, man, I hope so. Uh, make sure also you subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast and you'll have the next uh, episode delivered right to you. For Anthony Alpha, I'm Ben George. Thank you for listening to All Things Retirement. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.